Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, no, no. And welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast with me, PB. With me, JB. And today we've got a very special guest for you, known as Tiki Taka Connor on Twitter. We've got Connor. Hi, guys. Arsenal, the early kickoff again today. And I don't want to start straight away with the decisions because I know that there's a, a lot of anger in the, in the call already from JB. He started ranting to me before we hit record. So I want to start from the start where it was a really good start from Arsenal. Um, Aubameyang back to his best, potentially scoring quite regularly now, playing through the middle. What did you make of the way we started the game, JB? Uh, I, I, well, I mean, it was better than the way we ended the game, but we'll get there. I, I, look, I thought we started well. I think the setup broadly made sense. He's clearly resting some people, um, and we started quickly. I think we went through them with ease. We were playing out from the back. Our goal. You know, what was it, six minutes in? Um, and, you know, Burnley are tough to play against when they sit deep. I think you you want them to open up more. And the way to do that is obviously to score early. And we've started quite badly quite a lot recently. So it was very encouraging to see the speed we started at and the tempo we started with. And we were creating a lot. Um, I think we'll come on to the goal. I think the goal was exactly how we want to be playing football, right? It was played out from the back. Jacker and Partey kind of just... The two of them played through the entire Burnley press, got into the final, well, second half. William picked it up, ran with the ball, which he hasn't done much this season. Good ball to Aubameyang, who again did that near post finish that he did, I think, against Leeds. Um, mm. And it was a really good goal. And then we created a couple of other chances. There were a couple of balls over the top for Aubameyang, one by Jack, one for one by Partey. Um, and then, you know, we also had other other moves with Saka as well. So, First 30 minutes, I think, was as good as we've, I mean, as good as we probably could expect. I think we weren't clinical. And by clinical, I don't just mean the 
shots we missed, but I would say the, you know, we're not great at using territory. Like we're good at getting into the final third and not great at turning it into chances. And I was, I was a bit worried. In fact, I tweeted, I was like, there's definitely nothing to worry about from missing all these chances. And um, thankfully I had some tidying in the flat to do. So I turned it off after 35 minutes and uh, it was a very good one nil win. So, yeah. I think it's important for us to look at these these slight positives before we start to get into the negatives. Because I think, as you say, the, the first 30 minutes, look, we didn't finish our chances, but it wasn't long ago that we were barely creating anything in an entire game. And um, in that first 30 minutes, obviously, Aubameyang scored. I think Saka and Aubameyang should have got another one uh, in that first 30 minutes, two, two very presentable chances. And as you say, JB, before we talk about what went wrong with the, uh, with the passing from the back in Burnley's goal, it is worth noting that, that our goal came from playing out from the back and, and playing with confidence and through the right players, perhaps crucially. Uh, it was obviously Thomas Partey who received the, the ball from the goalkeeper for that first goal. Connor, how do, how do you feel about passing out from the back and, that, and the way Arteta shapes up his teams um, in games like this? Uh, I think it's kind of come to expect it from like modern football. A lot of the teams do it. It's not like it, it when it works, it works really well. Like you said, it, our first goal kind of came from it. We've done it multiple times in the past, um, but it does also come with a risk factor. Um, and sometimes you do just have to just clear your line, sort of thing, get rid of it. I don't think mm-hmm. Leno particularly helped the whole situation in the first place. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of playing out the back. I think it's good. It's, it's nice football usually. Results some nice goals. Uh, I definitely say it's worth the risk. And one thing I liked that at the end of the game as well, Leno did an interview with BT, I think. And he was like, we're not going to change. Like This is just how we play. This is how the manager wants to play. Like, mm. But people are going to make the mistakes at the end of the day. And you look at Man City, uh, for example, when they first... I think, who did they come... Who did they have? It was... It, they bought in Bravo, didn't they? Yeah, it was Bravo. Because uh, it was Bravo, weren't it? Yeah, the amount of mistakes they used to make with their, their keepers' feet all the time. And obviously, it was Shackle today, but like in general, like playing out the back, he, they've like made how how bad it can look compared to now to how good it looks for them. And that's what we've got to aim for at the end of it. We've got to aim to be at that level eventually. And mm. I don't, I mean, I don't really look, I, I think that BT Sport, as always, kind of picked on the wrong thing here, right? Like the issue is not that we play out from the back or that we played out from the back. It's that in that moment, two players, you know, one player made a big mistake and another player probably didn't help him, right? And the reason we haven't had this chat in ages is because we're actually pretty good at playing out from the back, right? Like we have scored really good goals playing through City's press, playing through Liverpool's press. I can't remember the last team the side actually tried to press us and, and... did it well. Um, we've also chosen to go over presses before, but I would say, you know, of all the things you want to say about how we play, we are pretty good at that, right? Like our build-up play is good. We're now good at getting the ball into the final third and playing through defence and midfield. Um, and, I, and I don't think, like Connie, like you said, like, I don't think one mistake should change that. And, and the like, other option, and I don't think there is a debate here, right? I think we're all on the same page. The other option is what we have, Saka, Aubameyang and and William is our front three, and Leno is just lumping the ball along to them against Burnley. Like, well, you just lose the ball every time. What's the point? So, yeah, I exactly think what I was going to say. The challenge is like that move we fucked up. It's not, 
we shouldn't be playing out from the back. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page because personally, I just think it's really lazy analysis from, from them to sort of criticise the playing out from the back for that goal. It's, uh, as you say, JB, the, the alternative is going long, which we did do a couple of times before, the, before we made that mistake. And it just comes straight back. Look, we've got Aubameyang as the guy through the middle. He's not going to win against their two big guys in, in centre-half. And as you say, neither of the wide men are going to win aerial duels either. So if you want it to come straight back, then we go long. This isn't the team to go long against. And as you say, we've beaten presses. We've beaten Liverpool presses. We've beaten Chelsea presses, etc. We We should be backing ourselves to beat the Burnley press like we did for the first goal. Uh, you know, the issue with, with Burnley's equaliser is a pattern. It's a pattern we talked about last week. It's a pattern of mistakes from individuals. You cannot blame the manager for his tactics when I think there's an error from Leno and there's an error from from Xhaka. You know, Leno doesn't help him. But Xhaka... So what do you think... Because I think it is quite simple, right? Like, I've seen a lot of hot takes on this. Um, right? And, and I think it's just quite a simple... It's kind of two or three mistakes together. Mm. Um, I've seen I've seen people say one of my mates was arguing during the game, right? He said he said, "Why has Jacker made the run? Jacker shouldn't make that run." Like that's that's the run your deep midfielder makes, right? Whether it's Jacker or Partey, if you play like this, someone has to come short, right? And the next thing is, just because he's made that run, it doesn't mean that Leno has to give him the ball. And if Leno wants to give him the ball, that's fine, but give him the ball with a message on it. And I think, you know, what really needs to happen there is either Leno needs to dink it, like chip it into space on his right, where the full, where I think Erdegaard and um, Chambers are both in a lot of space, or give it in a way that Jack can hit it first time, put that message on it. He swings his right foot at it and it goes out there. And, and I don't think it was a terrible pass, but it wasn't a great pass. And it was kind of a bit down the middle of Jacker, a bit to his left foot. Jacker was sprinting towards Leno. So he either couldn't take it first time on his right or didn't think he should. Took the touch on his left foot, goes to use his right. Looks like he just completely misjudges where the, where the wood is. Because um, it's the right pass to play. He just fucked it up. Uh, I don't think he mishit it. Like, he caught it quite well. He just completely, like, fell asleep, really. And then he hits it into the Burnley player. So it's a few... Ultimately, it's Jacker with the big mistake. But... I don't think Leno helps him. Mm. And look, your luck's not in when it, when it bounces and goes perfectly there because it, it could have bounced off the Burnley player and, and gone anywhere. He had no idea about it. Um, so look, it's accumulation of errors. There's not so great luck involved. But I look back at the, the pattern of, of these errors for Arsenal and I think it comes down to player quality. And, and Arteta himself said yesterday, some quotes came out saying, you know, obviously on the back of positive results recently, he had a question asking if he was getting close to where he, he wanted this Arsenal team. And his response, you know, surprised a few. He was very clear that he said the team is very, very far from from the quality that he wants. Um, and it's hard to argue against it when, when individual errors have cost us a lot of points. So I just look back at the games this year, every single goal we gave away, um, we haven't actually conceded that many, so it won't take me long to go through, but we got the, the Southampton in the FA Cup, where 
if you can cast your minds back to that, Al Nene sort of gave the ball away in a dangerous area. And then there was a bit of a, a deflection of Gabriel, arguably a bit of an error there. Southampton in the league, we conceded three minutes in, not really an error, but lack of concentration in the early stages, which became a pattern after that game. The Wolves game, I don't need to talk about that. We can all remember what happened there. Completely in control. One mistake, harsh officiating, game's gone. Villa, early mistake, Cedric holding, early non-concentration, lose the game. Leeds, we obviously won quite convincingly, but we still sort of left players unmarked twice and, and potentially let them back into the game for those two goals. Benfica first leg, weren't in the game at all. We gave them a penalty. Again, I think a bit harsh officiating. Man City holding, early goal, loses Sterling, loses a header to Sterling. Uh, second leg, Sabaros, that's fresh in our memories what happened there. Leicester, we obviously came back really strong, but another early goal and another accumulation of errors from, from several players for that goal. And then obviously today, a game where Burnley, Burnley struggled to score. They didn't look like they were ever going to score. And we've seen it's a pattern from Arsenal when it was just a matter of time before we made an error and, and they've pounced on it. But that, what I've just gone through there is every single goal we've conceded this year. And there's like one or two that probably aren't big errors. Everything else are big errors. Connor, how do you feel about, about this squad? You know, is it the way Artes is asking them to play is not suitable? Or do you think he's right, as you sort of alluded to before, to, to push this style and, you know, we'll get to the summer, we'll get the evidence, we'll see who's, who's good enough to execute what he wants? Yeah, I mean, this whole project of Arsenal is not going to be done in one window as much as we all want it to be. It's not. It's going to be a multiple window thing. And we're going to need to stick with Arteta. He's you, people forget how young Arteta is and where he is in in the game. I saw someone comparing him to Moyes and Ancelotti the other day, and I was like, "Well, them two have got about fifty years' experience between them as a football manager. No wonder they're above him in the league table." I know we're Arsenal, but just because you're Arsenal, you don't like you don't just automatically be above another team. You got deserve to be there, or you don't. And Arteta has been in the job just over a year, so people sometimes do expect a lot more than I. When, than what I'd expect of like an average manager new in the game. For example, imagine if we had like when Thierry Henry, I remember when he first became a manager, people were expecting the world uh, just because he was a great player and he, he wasn't. But when Arteta came with us, he was he was like bigged up by a lot of people as like oh like this guy he knows his stuff like in like even he was in training and he was doing his coaching badges for us and people used to say like oh mate this guy's gonna be like the tits basically he's gonna be the bee's knees and. Personally, I think for his age, there's not many better managers with that much experience as good as Arteta. Uh, there's that German geezer, I can't remember his name. Uh, Nagelsmann, that's it, yeah. Uh, mm. He's probably the only person who's probably better in, in that sort of age bracket. Um, so his project's just going to take take time. We're, we're not getting, we're not going to get relegated. I know there's like a laugh about it at the start of the season. We're not going to get relegated. And the, the worst that's going to happen is we're, we're not going to get in the Europa League. So it's not going to get much worse. It can't. We're going to go on cup runs. That's what we do. That's, it's in our DNA. We've won the FA Cup more times than anyone. So we're still going to be up there. It's just going to take some time to be consistently challenging for top four. And then eventually titles, you'd, you'd like to hope so. But that's a long way off now, from now. So I don't know. Just stick, stick with the manager. It's going to take a few windows to get, get us back where we are. 
bit of mm. investment from the owner, which he has stuck his, his hand in his pocket now. He's stuck it in his hand in his pocket with um party in the summer. So he's on board. Uh, I think the fans should just be on, on board of the project and get on with it. There's no point moaning about Arteta all the time because it's not going to change anything. And just think how bad, like, at least with Arteta, we play like a some kind of good football. And like Since Christmas, you look at our stats compared to Christmas, before, before Christmas and now, we're like two different teams. Like our points per game is mm. like almost like, well, I think it's like a one point per game higher or like uh, one goal per game higher. It's, it's actually crazy how much better we are compared to them average and yeah so yeah so it's just gonna take time yeah i think it's that that's the clear distinction for me pre-christmas you know i, I was back in the long-term project i think both me and jb were in the same boat but it got to a stage i think it was around the time we we lost to burnley at home with that or birmingham own goal um and the shaka red card where it just felt like there was no coming back and i think arteta deserves credit for surviving that for one but mm. I think since the Chelsea game where we had no no one gave us any hope going into that game but from that game and Pep said it the other day and, and, and people were saying he was buttering up Arteta etc but when I was going back through those games looking at the errors we've made you know bar the City game where they're obviously the better team I, I do think Pep's got a point and and you couldn't say that about Arsenal before Christmas you know we were losing games justifiably you know, it wasn't decisions going against us. We were just poor. And you, you look at your XGs, you look at your chances created. As Connor says, you look at your goals per game, your points per game. And there's evidence that the tide has turned a bit. And look, it was very unlikely we're going to get anything out of this season anyway. I think the, the draw today sort of kills any mild hope of, you know, some people were sort of looking at the top four thinking if we get a, get a nice run together, there's still an outside chance. I think we've got to kind of forget about that now and and just try and see the positives from each game which is what I've tried to do from this game and you look how many chances we created and how unlucky we were with with some decisions which we'll get on to but also with with our finishing today which on you know nine times out of ten they go in and we win the game but we were losing to to every team in the league we couldn't see where three points were going to come from back in October November so I'm very thankful that we can see that vision. I think we're all on a similar page mm. about I, that. I think, you know, Connor's point was spot on, right? Which is you hire a 40-year-old manager in his first job and he's not going to be perfect. And you can see that, you know, there are things he needs to improve on. He, his, his sub still confuse me and there are other things he does that are a bit weird, right? But he's learning. And you don't go and hire a young manager if you're not prepared to, you know, that's, you don't play young players if you're not prepared for them to make mistakes. You don't go and hire a young manager if you want someone who comes in and is experienced and knows, you know, everything they're doing from, from day one. But what, what we said in December and what is, has been evident throughout, right, is that he's always been able, like, he's always been able to, A, articulate what he wants to do very well, and B, the decisions he's made has all, have always shown that he's aware of the problems. So he came in and you could see his priority was to make us competitive and stabilise us defensively. You could see that there were other moves and there was a change of shape and there was a fluid thing. And you could see that, you know, even before the Smith-Rowe thing happened, right, that he tried that thing with Lacazette coming deep and playing as a second striker because he knew where the issues were on the pitch. Like this wasn't some guy who was just trying the same thing again and again and again and it wasn't working. He was... He was very obviously aware of the problems and the restrictions and the you know, limitations with the squad. 
and trying to work a way around them. Now, if he'd been sacked in, in, uh, around Christmas and before Chelsea, I think it would have been hard to complain. But what we have seen is, is a manager who is evolving the team. Um, our, I think our XG has, has improved in both directions. Our XG difference has improved quite a lot since Christmas, and it's coincided with the switch to the number 10. And there is something going on there, and, and the results aren't going our way. But I think absolutely the performances are ticking up. And I think, well, it's the first half of the season. You know, we had all these debates, right? Is it, is it the manager? Is it the squad? And it's really hard to separate it. But what we have seen with this lot is when they don't fuck up, when, you know, when someone doesn't get sent off and when we don't score an own goal and do something stupid, we've been able to turn up and play anyone off the park, right? Apart from City. Um, I mean, we beat them in the cup, right? We've been able to outplay good, good teams. And... Whilst Arteta has made mistakes, absolutely, both team selection, subs, tactical, whatever, generally, it's player quality letting us down and individual mistakes. Now, some of that could be positions they're put in. But others, like these are players that we've seen make the same mistakes under three or four different managers now. So it's hard to turn around and say that this is all, you know, this is Arteta's doing. Um, and, and you get to today, like, I think ultimately a lot of these guys are just mid-table players and mid-table Premier League players are not bad footballers, which is why any team can beat any team on their day. It's why Jacker will have great games. It's why he'll have good games. It's why David Luiz will have great games. But ultimately they'll cost you. When it matters, they'll cost you. And you can have some of them, but if you have a team of them, someone's going to cost you every game. And it's, you know, Fabianski is that type of player where, they look amazing for mid-table clubs because their their kind of best games are so eye-catching. But you go and put them in a big team or or a team that wants to be big, and they can't deliver consistently enough to to do what it matters. So I get that we look good, and I I think it, you know I I've been really encouraged by what we've done since Christmas. But I I just think there's a quality thing there, and it goes right through from those mistakes to actually. I think Arteta's coached us really well to get the ball into the final third. And I think there is a player quality issue turning that territory into chances and goals. Mm. And, you know, maybe it's not all, it's not all him, right? Cause it's his style of coaching, but Pep will always tell you that his coaching gets you into the final third and individual talent gets you the goals. And it might just be that a combination of the inconsistency in our squad and the lack of quality when it really matters we are where we are. I don't, I don't think you can say we deserve to be higher, but I think we are doing the right things. So mm. I'm angry at the game because it's probably so predictable and, and we weren't great and so much went against us. But I, I don't feel like I'm angry about the wider process right now. Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on there. And I, I've said it before a few times. I, I'm a bigger fan of Shackers than than a lot of people are, but I've always said your Shackers, your Louise, your Holdings, you know, as you said, there's there's pretty much a team of players that they've been here for a few years. There's a reason we're a, you know top eight, top half club at the moment because they get you to a certain level. They're not of the consistency or of the quality to to get us where we want to be, and that's what Arteta is saying himself. The only slight reservation I have is, is the sort of contradiction and in what he's actually doing and signing, holding to a new deal and, and apparently signing, signing Louise to a new deal. 
yes, that might be a technical director decision to protect their value, whatever. But he does seem to, you know what I mean? He, he did it with Nketiah. He, he praised Nketiah to the hill. And, then, and now he's completely out of the squad. January was a great chance to sell him. Uh, it did the same with Maitland-Niles. You know, we could have got maybe around 20 million in the summer. Now, after a, a pretty poor West Brom loan, that's going to cost us money and he's not in, our, not in our plans at all. So, But he is learning and he is young, as you both said. And I think the final thing on Arteta, without turning this into a, a full sort of manager in, manager out podcast, is I think what we've seen outside of Arsenal is his off-field decisions have paid off. And, and we had a podcast on this pre-January uh, window um, where we discussed how it was so important to get those those rotten apples out, out of the squad. And, and we mentioned how Arteta said managing a big squad's so difficult. And I think that's why Arteta kept his job for as long as he did, because I think he went to the club and said, look, let me get rid of these, these players that are causing problems and you'll see a difference. Because, you know, he, we were in a pretty terrible position uh, and, and potentially they could have pulled the trigger on him. But I think they wanted to give him that January window. And what we've seen since he's got rid of Kolasinac, Mustafi, Ozil, he's trimmed the squad. He hasn't got those senior players sitting around all week knowing they're not in the squad, doing God knows what behind the scenes. We've seen a complete change in us starting to dominate games, change in performance, change in points, maybe not as much as we deserve, but we've seen a clear change. So his, his off-field decisions are being justified. And you can say the same with Guendouzi, who I think the new Hertha Berlin manager came in and said he's acting like a, a teenager or something, sport teenager. And they're fourth bottom in the, in the Bundesliga now. So, yeah, he scored a couple of goals early on on that loan deal. But, and everyone was saying, what a terrible decision from Arteta. But that looks good as well now. And none of the players who've gone, Kolasinac and Mustafi playing for Schalke, but rock bottom of the league, apparently caused a player revolt and got the manager sacked. Ozil, I don't know what he's doing, but I don't think he's doing brilliant. Otherwise, we'd be seeing it everywhere. He's injured now. So I think that, for me anyway, that that's a huge positive that his off-field decisions do appear to be taking us in the right direction. I think we can't conclude this this bite-sized pod without touching on the officiating in this game. I don't want to be one to moan, and you know. It's, we kind of have to based on what we've seen in the last few weeks. And I tweeted it out. When you see Louise getting sent off and a red card for what happened at Wolves and the game completely changing. And then you see, for me, a quite deliberate handball. I think when you slow it down, Eric Peters in this game moves his hand towards the ball, stops Pepe going for on goal. And that's reviewed by VAR and not given, it's very hard to say that we're not being harshly done by. And people say things come back around. Can anyone think of a big decision like that that's gone in our favour? Because it might just be that we remember the difficult things, but I really think we've had some really poor officiating and some really bad luck in, in this, since this time of the year. Because I think we've deserved to win a couple more games than we have. JB, I know you're quite passionate about some of the decisions today do you want to I'm breathing um, 
I think we are unlucky. I think that the ref, the standard of officiating is poor. Um, I don't think there's a conspiracy and I don't think people are biased. What I would say separately from VAR is we absolutely, um, you know, we're allowed to be kicked. You're allowed to treat us differently from other teams. And I think in general, there's still this disdain for Arsenal amongst referees. Uh, I think we're seen as soft touch, et cetera, et cetera, which allows teams to do certain things to us. Um, you know, and it's why you see those red card tackles go go kind of unpunished against us, but we get punished for them. I don't think there's a big conspiracy. I think that um, I was actually thinking, sorry, I'll, I'll come back to the big decision, right? Which is obviously handball. I don't understand how a professional referee can watch that and not give it. And the fact that they their official thing was the proximity of, of the man to the ball, the fucking laws of the game say that if your um, hand is not in a natural position or if it's outside the kind of natural line of your body, proximity doesn't matter. So if you jump with your arms in the air or if you stick your hands out and someone kicks it at you, it's still handball. Okay, mm. there you go. So either they didn't know the rules or they just don't know what they're doing. Separately from that, and I know they're changing the rules, um, but in any era, any interpretation of the law, that is handball. Now, separately from that... Um, I did actually think that the one Saka didn't give a penalty away for was was more of a penalty than the David Luiz one, which just confused me even more. Um, but anyway, then I want to make this a positive, right? Because I, there's not much more I can say other than the referees just can't do their jobs well enough. And it's not a VAR thing because if someone in a room with no fans can, can't get a decision right, watching a video like five times from different angles, they shouldn't be doing that job, Right. That's the issue. It's not that VAR is bad. The ref missed it on the pitch. Some guy watched a video of it and was like, yeah, it's not handball. And then I think the ref knew he'd made a mistake because he couldn't wait to get a red card out for the one that wasn't handball. Mm. But what I would say is all of this, right? They scored in the 30-somethingth minute. We did nothing, right? And in the 70th minute, Pepe came on. Should have won us a penalty. Had a great chance to score another goal. And nearly scored us uh, the goal that was cleared off the line. That is an impact. I don't know why he didn't come on earlier. He should be starting pretty much every game now. Maybe he was being rested for NPR cost, but I want to make it a positive. I know he missed. He should have scored the one that went through his legs. I thought he absolutely nailed the volley on his right foot. I've seen a lot of people who I don't think have ever scored a volley in even five aside say that he should have hit it to the keeper's left, which is really difficult. Like, Chances are you're going to slice it, right? Just make good contact, hit it back across goal because that's the way it's coming. And a freakish block, right? The guy saved it with his shoulder. Um, I, I, look, I thought Pepe played really well. He's a goal threat whenever he plays. I, I'm, I'm annoyed he missed the one that went through his legs. But to be honest, he was the only player in our team who got in a position like that all game and he did it twice. So, mm. yeah, yeah. I just like big up Pepe. He was our best player last week. Probably our biggest attacking threat this week and only played 20 minutes more of this please yeah i think if you're if you're blaming pepe for that miss you know you've got to also blame saka and Aubameyang for their misses at one nil in the first half because they were both very close to the goal chances very similar chances and as you say jb he, he got into the position he clearly had an impact which is what we've we've asked from him and he's definitely shown more consistency in his his performances and i, I really felt sorry for him i mean even 
you know, people saying go to the other side of the keeper, as you say, is a ridiculous thing to to get that on target with the power he did. He's unlucky that doesn't go in. He's unlucky it's not a few centimetres lower down and, and it does count as a handball. Um, but I think as as bad as the officials have, have probably been today and as bad as we have been in, in converting our chances, we were a bit unlucky today. And, and, and that was summed up by the what was pretty much the final kick of the game in, in Danny Sabas' shot cannoning off the post. Connor, how do you feel about how that game ended and and moving forward, perhaps how we should we should approach the Olympiacos game in terms of personnel? Regarding how it ended, that game was so frustrating to watch just from our point of view because we started so well the first 10 minutes. And then the last, like, like you said, when Johnny said, when Pepe came on the like, last 20, 20 minutes, 15 minutes of the game, we actually looked alive and so we had to want to do something. I understand we were probably managing the game for the majority of it, but like we should have scored more more in our chances. We didn't. And I don't know, I felt like we just didn't do anything for that middle part of the game. Just such a large chunk of just standing around. The amount of times I was getting so frustrated today watching Shaka, he'd stand on the ball. I don't know if you've ever seen that clip of, of uh, Tony Hibbert from Evan. He stands there <laughs> and he's like standing on the ball. He takes like six touches and does nothing. I swear I watched Shaka do that about 10 times today. He was doing my absolute nothing. I was like, you, mate, just give him, give someone, give Odegaard some of the ball. Let him do the work. I was, I was yeah. driving nuts. I felt like I was just slowing the, slowing the game down so much. As soon as you start playing with a bit of pace, so much better. Also, I do want to praise one decision. I did think it was a good idea to play Callum James today. Because, oh, I thought he was really good. Yeah, he was mm. good. And there was also the whole fact that they've scored more corners or set pieces than any team in the league. It made so much more sense to play him with his extra height than Bellerin. So I think the manager did a good job there. And Chambers, for his first game back, he, he didn't do anything wrong, basically. He did well. Put the good, and there was good that, crosses. that one ball he put into Saka. Like, he, he had to, I mean, they're not like nice whipped crosses, but he fires in like hard passes. Which I think is really effective, yeah. and he oh, was... from, he played in midfield, didn't he? So he did. last season, so he's he's got a good passing range. So I I I would like to see him with one of these players. Obviously, we're gonna have a clear out in the summer. I'd actually hate to see him leave personally, but yeah. I mean, um, it might be about bigging his value up. It might be that we needed to rest people. But actually, like if you if you think about if Arteta actually wants someone who's you know a, a nominally a right back who can overlap and can kind of invert and cover the break by playing in kind of a central midfield role. Mm-hmm. He's done all of those things. And and it might be yeah. that he can't stay fit or whatever, but like I I would I would much rather see, you know, I'm I'm fine with Cedric now because I think he's been all right. But like, you know, I'd I'd rather see Chambers get minutes there because actually there's something quite interesting there. And yeah, it's one game. It's one game, but it's um it was good yeah. to see. And maybe this is just about resting Bellerin and that's what we needed to do. Maybe this is well. Actually, if he gets five or six games between now and the end of the season, his value's back up to wherever it was before. I don't know, but I thought it was really good today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in and disagree. <laughs> we've all, <laughs> with, been, with we've all been in lovely agreement for the whole podcast, so it's probably quite good. Person, you know, I'll watch it back, and, and maybe my my opinion will change. But I wasn't convinced by Chambers today, to be honest. I, I just don't think he was quite sharp enough. I just think. Going forward, I get it defensively. Uh, I get completely what you say, Connor, um, in terms of handling those set pieces. And and before the game, I said it made sense as a decision. I just don't think he looked quite sharp enough, and that's understandable. 
And I just think going forward, it restricted us a little bit. I thought he was really good going forward. His size is yeah, quite good. Like, yeah. You could see that they couldn't they couldn't really get the ball off him. He when he overlapped, um, you know, like he's quite hard to contain for your average fullback. He's physical and I thought it worked quite well. I also thought he he occupied good spaces around Pepe um when Pepe came on. I, I thought it was a good game. But mm. anyway. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, I've just maybe go and watch it back and you'll see I'm right. Which <laughs> I've just looked happens. at the sofa score ratings. He was a worse Arsenal player on the pitch. So, you know, that's justified. Look, I think he can add something. I think it's telling that Saka wasn't as impactful today with, with Chambers behind him. But, um, look, we've got a few people minutes left. People need to lay off his back as well. He's, he's 19. People, like, I see like, people posting that. He's made his 50, 50th appearance for Arsenal today. He's, he's like the second youngest after like, Fabria. The guy's played like great. 10, yeah, he had a bad game. Like one yeah. bad game. Yeah, like he's 19 for crying out loud. Give him a break. He's so good. So. Yeah, and so, I think I don't even think he had uh, that bad a game today, Saka. I think, like Pepe, he he still looked dangerous and like he would make make things happen. I just and think he looked tired, right? Like he looked tired against um, Benfica as well. Like the game he pulled out those two assists, he looked knackered, but he still pulled out those two assists. Yeah, um, I did wonder if he would get. I tweeted out before the game whether he would sit out again today because I think when Pepe played so well last week, you could maybe afford just to have Saka from the bench today and, and give him a slightly more extended rest. Um, but obviously they got much more data and things that, than we do. But um, yeah, it wasn't his fault at all from today and, and definitely anyone giving him a stick, that's uh, completely out of order in my eyes. We've uh, got a couple of minutes left. I'm mindful that people sent in a lot of questions. A lot of them were to do with the refereeing, which I think we've discussed. Um, Out of and how bad was the referee? Yeah, I mean, does, Connor, do you think there, there is a thing against Arsenal? Because JB says no. I mean, what I think is there's a perception against certain players, and we have a lot of those players. Your Xhaka's, your Louis. Obviously, that wasn't the case with today's decision, but like the Louis red card, other players don't get sent off for that. And, and other things that Shaq has done in the past. I just think we've got players rather than necessarily the club as a whole. In, in 30 seconds, do you think there's any sort of conspiracy I, against us? Yeah, I definitely agree with you in terms of the player thing. But going back to the conspiracy thing, like, sometimes I tweet nonsense and say, I say, I tweet, I ask corruption. It's not corruption. I just, like Johnny said earlier, it's the people in charge of VAR. VAR isn't the problem. VAR is perfect in every, not perfect in every way, but it's getting there. And in terms of like other, other big European leagues, none of these leagues have the same problems as us. We just use it our own way and don't use what FIFA recommend. Even Arsene Wenger is going to be sorting that out, apparently. So hopefully it does get sorted out. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a big conspiracy against us. But I just think that the officials are too poor to do their job and they've just been they just got uh, been found out because there's stumble evidence in front of them from the VAR now. Mm. Yeah, nicely summed up. Uh, so we're going to draw it to a close there. We want to keep things keep things bite sized on the Fresh Arsenal Pod. We hope you've enjoyed this little discussion. I think we found plenty of positives to talk about. A lot of frustration, as you can hear from all of us today. A lot of passion. A lot of frustration on on some decisions, some performances. But um, we've got a big couple of weeks coming up. So let's see if we can get some good results and we'll have more podcasts to come. Follow us at Fresh Arsenal Pod on Twitter and visit fresharsenal.com to find 
the podcast and more. I've been PB. I have been JB. And I've been Connor. Honestly, a true natural. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.